All right, so here we are in 1 Samuel chapter 8. I want to start reading in verse 9. It says, Now therefore hearken unto the, to their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. So this is the time in Israel when uh, Israel has decided they want to go from judges to kings. They want to be like the other nations. And so they're going to Samuel, whose sons were bad judges. Samuel's son, Samuel was a great man, but his sons were not like him. And so they people, I mean, understandably, they did not want his sons reigning over them. They said, you know what? It's time for a new way. We want a king. We want to be like the other nations. And so God tells them, you know what? Hearken unto their voice. God often gives people what they want and what they ask for. Just like as a parent, sometimes you let your children go ahead and maybe do some things that you know probably isn't best so they can learn their lesson. And, and sometimes they can find out the hard way. But God, you know, he's a just God. He's going to give Israel a chance. And Samuel, because he's this prophet, you know, God tells him, all right, you know what? We're going to give them what they want, but let's give them a chance to back down and tell them this is what's going to happen if you get a king. Protest solemnly. And so he said in verse 10, Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself. Today we call that the draft. All right. Now, thankfully, they're not doing that right now. Okay. But at the same time, too, you know, they're eventually we're probably going to. And they have many times in this country. They have had the draft going on. You do have to register for the draft. You know, that's one thing that we're all like required to do. They're even talking about, you know, because we got to be equal, you know, having all the females register for the draft, which I think is just wicked. And there's there we do not need to have our women go fight and to draft women to go fight for our country. How messed up is that? But you know what, ladies, you wanted equal rights, you know, and equal rights, equal fights, as they say. Right. But, you know, I don't agree with that. Okay? I have more respect for women than to go and then to pull them out of their homes and go put them on a battlefield to go fight a bunch of crazy men who aren't going to respect them. You know, that, so that's just ridiculous. So he'll take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands, captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. You know, reaping his harvest. How's it his? I'll tell you why. Because he's taxing it. You know, he actually owns the land. Okay. Now, we don't have a king so much, but do we not ear their harvest quite a bit? I mean, if you don't think so, just look at your pay stub and see how much of it went to the government. Okay, now you might think this is all great and it's all God's will and you're all for it and think it's all hunky-dory. But you know what? God told Samuel, warn the people about this. You don't want it. So it says, and he will take your daughters to be his confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. At least he didn't take them to be soldiers. You know, so he wasn't even as bad as our leaders are today. He will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards and the best of them and give them to his servants, eminent domain. And he will take a tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. Okay, Income tax. All, all these things. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. 
he will take the tenth of your sheep, and ye shall be his servants, and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we may also be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. So I wanted to show you all that just to show that a lot of these things that God told Samuel warned the people about, folks, we've got it in this country. And, you know, and I'm, and I still think that we are the best country in the world. I really do. But at the same time, just because we're the best doesn't mean I want to throw away what good that we have. You know, and one, you know, you want to trigger me. Okay, just, you know, send me a clip of these politicians when they're trying to implement something on our country saying, well, this is what they're doing over in England or China. Or, I don't care what they're doing in other countries. Amen. If I liked what they were doing in those other countries, I'd try to move over there. But no, I, that right there, that's the last thing the politician should ever say if they want to get my vote. That's the last thing because I do think we are still the best country. So let's not make us more like the worst countries. You know, let, tell me, if the politicians say, this is what they're doing in other countries, that's why we're not going to do it, then they might get my vote. But until they, but that, that's a terrible method. But you know what? In this story, we see Israel begging for big government to come and fight their battles and take care of them. And this is something, this is a, this is a, a common thing in human nature to not want to take responsibility for themselves and to turn it over to someone else. Because now that, you know, you know, and, and we're going to see more of this right now. Now that we are in trying times and there's, you know, uh, it's not looking good economically for our country, people are going to start fearing. They're going to be listening to the news and wondering, man, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to be able to feed my family? And there would be many people that so they don't have to worry about it. They would love it if a politician came along and said, you know what, don't worry about what's going on right now. We're going to take care of you. Don't worry that we shut down all your businesses right now. We're going to send you a $1,200 check. You know, don't worry about that. You know, we're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. And people today, because it's just human nature to not want to be responsible, to just say, all right, bring it. You know, and that's how everybody's acting today. And I've got a huge problem with that because there are there's consequences. Now, understand there are consequences for freedom too. Okay? And we and we need to understand this. We need to recognize this and we need to understand that if we are a wicked people, freedom will not work for us. Freedom does not work for wicked people. Because Israel had freedom before this, all these things that God's telling Samuel warned the people about, they obviously didn't have those things when they were under judges, but did they not have problems all the time while they were under judges? You better believe they did because they were wicked. They did that which was right in their own eyes. They had what many would call freedom, which is, you know, some people define freedom as the ability to do whatever you want and no laws. Okay? I don't personally define freedom that way. I believe it's just the, the ability to do right. Without, any, without anybody stopping you. But understand, though, when we have freedom, there's consequences to it. There's things that we have to do with, but there's consequences for tyranny. And we're going to look at both of them. The title of the message today is the consequences of freedom versus the consequences of tyranny. Because, and, and just mark it down, I'm not going to preach a whole, about this a whole lot, but if you're a wicked person, 
your life's going to stink either way. You're not going to make it in a free society, and you're not going to make it in a tyrannical society either. You know what? If you're godly, I do, do believe you can make it. You're, you know, you'll do great in a free society, but I think you'll survive a tyrannical society too. It just won't be as fun. Okay, it, you know, it won't be as good. It will be harder. You know, and, and I do. I know God's going to take care of me one way or the other, but I ain't about to just go and invite the tyrants to just take over. You better believe I'm not even about to do that. I fully intend to fight it. And I don't know. Maybe it's all the years I spent in Sunday school, you know, hearing about Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, people like that. And all the years I spent in the Christian school learning about our founding fathers and them standing up to King George. You know, maybe it's the fact that I, you know, I, I had all the brainwashing about our founding fathers and how it's good to go against the king and to go against evil government. And it's just still in me. And I'm just, you know, I'm waiting for Revolutionary War Part 2. And I, I'm, I'm ready to get it. I've, I've heard this. I grew up hearing the story. I don't remember what preacher it was that took off his preacher robe and he had like fighting clothes under it during the Revolutionary War time. He was ready to go fight. He was calling his church. Oh, man, I'm ready to do that. You know, as soon as there's that you know group that I believe in that's ready to go fight this stuff, I'm, I'll show up to church in my suit and everything, rip that stuff off and have the battle clothes underneath. And like, I'll see you later, man. I'm going fighting. All right. I mean, I'm, re- I'm ready to fight somebody, all right? Said so I just I couldn't get the guy to take a swing at me today, you know. So I got, but you know, and I mean, man, it was perfect. You know, he came on our property to harass us. I'm I'm going to win in that argument, okay? You know, and you know, but you, know, you got to let him take the first swing, you know. You, so uh, it, it didn't happen, but you know, I, I'm just I'm ready. There might be a bad attitude. You can go ahead and disqualify me uh, as a preacher for being a strike. I still haven't struck anybody, so I'm not disqualified yet. But, you know, uh, go, you know, go ahead, disqualify me. If you don't like what I'm preaching, reprobate me, whatever. You know, listen, people are reprobating people today in a way. It, it reminds me of just what our government's doing with money. You know, there's print money to where it's worthless. Some people reprobate so many people, their, their reprobating is worthless. It means nothing. Okay? Some of y'all out there, you reprobating somebody means nothing. You've overused it. It's worthless. Okay? It's got nothing backing it. Okay. There's nothing back. It's just like our paper money. I'm sorry I'm getting a little political right now, folks. I can't help it. All right. I might be preaching in the flesh right now, but I'm, I'm working on it. Pray for me. All right. But, you know, so I, I don't even know where I'm at in the sermon. But you know. so in, in this story, Israel's asking their king, you know, he, they're asking for a king. And there were there were real consequences. All these things that Samuel told him what happened did, in fact, happen with them. And so just like tyranny has consequences, freedom has consequences. Judges 17, 6 says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now that sounds like would sound like paradise to some people, but folks, it wasn't paradise. Hey, if you live a wicked life, your life's going to stink. Hey, it's, it's going to be bad. God dealt with them. And you know the way God would deal with them? God would often bring people like the Philistines in to come and take over them and to take away their freedom, then when they would get right with God, then a judge, God would raise up a judge that would go and he would defeat those people. They would have freedom, but then they'd forget the Lord again. And folks, if we have freedom, but we forget the Lord, we're going to start living wicked like people do in these other countries. And we're going to have all the same 
problems. We're going to have the same consequences. It says the same thing in Judges 21-25. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And it, that was not good. It had devastating results. Many people died as a result of everyone just doing that which was right in their own eyes. It had consequences. So the entire book of Judges, it shows Israel suffering as a result of this freedom that they had because they did not take advantage of the freedom in a good way. They took advantage of it in a bad way and many people suffered. God allowed Israel to do some horrible things, but then God would severely punish them by letting wicked people oppress them. So, you know, and you know, when it comes down to why we're suffering in our country today, I very well think it is God bringing it on us. You know, to punish us for not taking advantage in a good way of the freedom we had and taking advantage of it in a bad way. But you know what? It's not time to cry out to the government and say, help us out. It's time to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, be merciful to us. Lord, we're sorry. That's what we ought to. We ought to be repenting right now. We shouldn't be cheering on the Philistines when they're coming in to attack and oppress. I don't think they were doing that in Israel's day. You know what they actually did in the days of the judges? Often they repented. And then God would deliver them. And what we need right now, we don't need Christians going and just joining up with the Philistines. We need Christians calling out to the Lord for mercy. Because, folks, no matter what happens in this country, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, we deserve it. Whatever happens, we deserve it. Whatever wicked group God uses to punish our nation, we deserve that punishment. But I refuse to cheer on the oppressors. I choose to beg God for mercy. That's what I'm going to. That's what I want to do. I want God to deliver us is what I want. And I hope he raises up a judge to overthrow these people. I saw Chuck Norris speaking out against it. If he does, if he does, he'll win. All right. But. And I'll join, <laughs> but I'm just having fun there. But look, you know, God, God has always given man great power to bring horrible fates upon themselves. Cause you know, people like, you know, we, we can't let people have freedom. If they have freedom, they might do something really bad with it. Well, let's see what God did with Adam and Eve in Genesis two, eight. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in verse 16 it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now why would God allow them the ability to do something so horrible? Do you realize because God allowed them the freedom to choose that tree, they plunged the entire human race into existence. And this is one of the things that, you know, I don't have the answer to because people always ask, you know, why would God create a world that it was possible for sin to enter in? Why would God, you know, create a universe where, you know, it was possible for, you know, Lucifer to become wicked like he did? And people try to blame God for all these things, but maybe it's because a holy and a just and a righteous God knows that people should be able to choose what they're going to do. God allows people to decide whether, and unlike the Calvinists teach, God lets people choose whether or not they're going to believe the gospel 
and whether they're going to accept the free gift of salvation, do you realize if people don't accept the free gift of salvation, they're going to go to hell for all eternity? Why is God letting them have a choice? You know why? Because that's what's just and that's what's right. Now, what are people going to do with that freedom? They're going to destroy their souls is what many people are going to do. But God does not stop it because that is what is right. That is what's holy. That's what's righteous. Understand, freedom does have consequences. But it's what's right. So, uh, you know, we, we ought to support freedom. Freedom does not mean free from the consequences of sin. Okay? Adam and Eve, they had the freedom to go eat of that tree. But did they avoid the consequences of eating from that tree? No, they didn't. And you can have the freedom to go, you know, I, I think people ought to have the freedom to jump off a bridge and kill themselves. You know, they'll go and they'll spend millions of dollars putting these, you know, safety nets under these bridges. And it's like, I mean, listen, I don't think people ought to commit suicide. But are, are we really going to go spend millions of dollars to make it hard for them to do it on, on a bridge or something like that? You know, just, you know. People commit suicide with a gun. Well, and, and a lot of people would like to remove that option. There's a lot of ways that you can kill yourself. And, you know, we, at some point, we just got to realize, you know, we can't just turn, make these people robots. You know, we can't, you know, you know, just like you as parents, sometimes you feel like when your kids are little, you need to put a football helmet on them because they're always falling, hitting their heads and everything. But, you know, they just got to learn, you know, and, and you just can't live in fear and it's like the government, they want to put us all in, you know, giant bubbles, you know, wearing padded suits so nothing bad can happen to us. But, folks, that's no way to live. Okay? That's, that's not life. That's not freedom. That's not what God intended for us. We should have the freedom. You know, I'm so used to Illinois. In Illinois, you can't even swim in any bodies of water. You know, natural bodies of water, you can, you're not allowed to, like, swim. In Illinois, when I was in Arizona, I didn't know what to think about the fact that we're at the Marble Canyon and there's no railings anywhere. Literally anyone could just go out to that canyon out there and just fall off. It would be so easy to just fall off. And people do, apparently, quite a bit. And I'm, I'm from Illinois. I'm thinking, how can this be? You know, because in Illinois... I mean, if anything happens to you, you can sue somebody. And that's why they do that. Because we've just got a bunch of government zombies that thinks if I get hurt, somebody should get sued. You know, why don't you just be careful? You know, you know why I don't want to get hurt? Because it hurts me. Right? And, and, and I take responsibility for myself because I don't want to feel pain. And if I do something stupid and I hurt myself, I'm not going to go, if I'm, if I'm nailing a nail into the wall and I hit my finger with a hammer, I'm not going to sue the hammer company. Now, I could probably get away with it. We live in America. But that's not right. And, you know, and so you know, people are always justifying government overreach, the removal of freedom as, well, we need to be safe. It'll protect us. No, that, that's not right. Okay? And, you know, there, there's bad, but there's bad things that can happen. There's always bad things that can happen. People are always dying. All the time. And it's tragic. But it's a part of life. We live in a sin-cursed world, and we don't need to go and make things worse by just by removing freedom. So, you know, freedom does not mean free from the consequences of sin. And as long as there's sin, there will be consequences. But God, He gives us the choice to 
choose some of these things. And we get to choose our eternal fate. God has given us the freedom to do that. And many people take that freedom and they make a terrible decision. And it's devastating for them. It's devastating for them. But that's what God has decided is right and was just. So freedom, it is though, it's, it's, it's mainly only beneficial for the godly. Because 1 Timothy 1.8 says, We know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, and for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, and for germ-spreaders, and for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. All right? I was in my NIV. Uh, <laughs> hey, folks, I think you get the point there. But understand, you know, places that have a lot of laws, okay, that shows how wicked those places are. Chicago needs more laws than Rock Falls needs, okay, because there's just a lot of there's a lot of wickedness there. And the more we allow wickedness to just become prevalent in our society, the more we remove God from everything, the more laws we're going to need. To keep the peace. But folks, when these laws get added, are we going to celebrate the fact that laws are being added? Or are we going to lament the fact that our world is that wicked? Okay, when, when the laws get added, okay, you know, when it, when it comes to gun laws, okay, now it's, it's not even a debate in the Christian world on whether or not, you know, people ought to be able to bear arms. And what do people go to? Second Amendment, right? Second Amendment, we have the right to keep and bear arms. But you all realize there's consequences for people having the right to bear arms. They're not having school shootings in Canada. They're not having a lot of gun murders in countries where they don't allow guns. But let me ask you, does anybody want to go move to those countries? Does anybody want to move to any of the countries where they don't have any school shootings? Okay. I don't want to move to those countries. But understand, people. there's wicked people who go and they take that freedom, they take advantage of that freedom, and they do harm to other people. It's dangerous. You know, there, there's potential danger to people having freedom. If, if you know, in a, in a society where everybody's just allowed to tote guns, and everybody, if everybody's going around with guns, that means everybody that's toting a gun has the potential to shoot you. But are you worried about it when you're in a godly society? When you're around godly people? I've been in churches before. Where I, there's people all over the place that are all open carrying. And you know what? I don't fear a thing because I know I'm around godly people. So the, the truth is, you know, whenever laws get made, it reveals how wicked that society is. But for some reason, people have this idea now, no, we need these laws. These are good. These are going to save lives. And then they cheer on the people that are like taking away rights. Instead of going into mourning and lamenting the fact that our country's wicked and, and begging God for mercy and trying to get revival. That's what we ought to be. That's what we ought to be doing because folks, history proves it's devastating when you lose the right to bear arms because the government has killed more people than any school shooters ever have. That, you know, just, dictators have killed way more people than any mass shooter has. And you know what? I don't ever want to get shot by a mass shooter. I don't want anybody I love ever get shot by some crazy gunman. But you know what? I would rather live in a country where there's a potential of a crazy person shooting me 
but that has freedom than a country where there is no freedom, where I have to depend on the police to protect me, where I've got to depend on the government to protect me. I would rather live in that country that where I might get shot by a crazy person. I'd rather live in a country where a crazy person could take their car and just ram into me while I'm driving down the highway than a country where we all have to just walk everywhere and ride and take public transportation. I'd rather live in that country. You realize the potential danger there is in driving cars? Do you realize how many people die in car wrecks every day? Well, we need to save those lives. Let's get rid of cars. Or let's take the speed limit down, you know, to 25 miles an hour everywhere we go. No, I don't want to live in that world. I don't, I don't want to live in that world. But you know what? Some people, hey, if it makes me a little safer, take away my freedom. And that has never worked. That has never worked for any society, and it's not going to work for ours. And so, uh, you know, freedom, it's, benefit, it's only beneficial for the godly. Wicked people are going to suffer either way. The laws that are made to stop wicked, um, you know, the laws that are made, they're made to stop the wicked from robbing others of their liberty and joy. And that's the way they ought to look at laws. They ought to look at laws because the government is there for the punishment of evildoers. We need to make laws that are going to hurt the people who are hurting others. We don't make laws that are going to hurt everybody. No, we make laws to hurt those who are hurting others. All laws should be designed to affect the wicked. That's what it ought to do. You know, we, it, it ought to, laws ought to be made to affect those you know, that are the problem. Not people who are not the problem. That's the way laws ought to be made, but that's not what we're seeing. So just some random consequences of freedom. Okay, if we have religious freedom, you might end up in a church that teaches damnable heresy that will cause someone to go to hell. You know, that's very popular. You know how many people, decent people, are on their way to hell because they've been lied to, they've been deceived? But you know what? At least they live in a country where the truth's being proclaimed too. Because I would rather live in that country where heretics are allowed to operate than live in a country where one person decides what everybody can believe. So at least there's hope. But yes, there's churches out there doing major damage as a result of religious freedom in this country. But there's also churches doing good things, getting people saved, proclaiming the gospel. At least we can have it one way or the other. Some countries, they have no option. It's a state religion. And thank God we don't have, thank God we don't have that because of the First Amendment of our Constitution. I'm thankful for that. So another thing, another, you know, consequence of freedom, I might get shot by a random crazy person. I might be able to kill myself and succeed by jumping off a bridge that doesn't have a safety net under it. You know, I might catch a sickness from somebody. I might do that. I'm not saying like I might do that like I want to do it. No, but that, that might happen. I might get sick because our government's not doing enough to stop me from getting sick. I don't know where I when did this happen where it became the government's responsibility to make us all healthy and keep us from catching a virus? When did that happen? I don't I don't get it. I understand they the government's been trying to protect our health for a long time and people used to make a big stink about that. You know, whenever they try to pass these taxes on soft drinks. Remember Sarah Palin when she got up with her great big gulp drink and took a big sip out of it, just being defiant because I think the mayor of uh, New York had put a tax on soft drinks. 
You know, even Republicans used to make fun of that stuff. You know, but now Christian people, they're like, government, keep us healthy. You know, government, stop us from getting sick. You know, government, ban the trans fats. You know, ban all these things that are making people obese and causing all these problems. Do you know how many lives they would save if they would just shut down McDonald's? You know how many lives they would save if they would just get rid of all of these things that are unhealthy and had us all eating organic and all only eating healthy stuff? You know what? That'd save a lot of lives, but it is their, is it their place to tell us what we can eat and what we can drink? I don't think so. And you know what? I'm thankful that we live in a country where we've got an abundance of food and we can eat the organic if we want. We can eat the healthy stuff we want, but we can also go and get a Big Mac if we want and stuff our faces with it. We can go buy a candy bar and a Monster Energy drink and a Dr. Pepper Hallelujah. We can do all that stuff if we want to in this country. And I'm thankful for that. And I might go to an early grave by doing that. If the government doesn't step in and control my diet, I might die a few years sooner, but you know what? I'll live a happier life if they leave me alone. And that's my choice. That's up to me if I want to do that. And it's just, it's, it's ridiculous that it's the government's job to keep us alive a little bit longer. Where did that come? Where is that in our constitution? Where they're going to go and control what we're eating. You know, if people just want to drink bacon grease, they ought to be allowed to do that. I don't recommend it, but they ought to, they ought to be allowed to do that if that's what they want to do. If I have freedom, I might get in a car wreck. I might go drive home tonight and kill my entire family in a car wreck. I don't want that to happen, but I don't want to live in a country where I'm not able to go and drive. I'm, I'm glad we, we live in a country where we have the transportation means that we do, where we can go and we can go drive all over and I can show my family the world and we can see the wonders of God's creation. If we got to start walking everywhere, going back to a horse and a wagon, that's not going to be good either. You know how many people died trying to cross this country the way they did back in the day? Folks, it's, it's, it's better now. But there's, there's some side effects. There's things that can happen. And then you get these people that go up there, if we can just save one life, it would all be worth it. Man, I'm glad our founding fathers didn't feel that way. Amen. I really am. You know, they could have saved their own lives if they just said, you know, we'll pay the extra taxes. Yeah, we'll, we'll let King George tell us what to do. Think of how many lives we'll save. Folks, they would have saved their lives. But folks, tyranny always kills more people than it saves. It always kills more people than it saves. History proves that. You know, if I have freedom, I might OD on drugs. That might, that, that might happen. I might go, and I know a lot of them are illegal, but, uh, you know, I sometimes question which ones should be legal or illegal. You know, if, if I want to go and shoot up myself, you know, and OD on drugs, I mean, I don't really see where the government, and the thing is, too, it's amazing how much money the government has to spend to protect me, you know, because just understand, well, you know, I think it'd be good if the government protects us from that. Do you, I mean, do you realize how much it's going to cost for them to protect you from being stupid? What we need, but, oh, well, but when you do stupid things with drugs, you affect other people. Exactly. That's why we have severe punishments for those who hurt others. 
And so if you are drinking and driving, if you do something on the influence of those drugs, it doesn't matter you're under the influence. You pay the consequences as though you did it sober and with a sound mind, though it was premeditated. Because you know when you go drink that alcohol, you're capable of doing things you wouldn't normally do. You know if you're taking those drugs, you're going to lose good judgment and you might do some terrible things. All those things ought to be seen as premeditated. And and then our laws are hurting the wicked. And not innocent people. We don't need the government telling us everything. So there's a lot of bad things that can come with freedom. Okay? That's all there is to it. And one of the things, we might get sick. You know, we might, there's a lot of things that can happen, but there's also consequences with tyranny. So look, let's look at uh, some contrast real quick. Look at uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 21. 1 Chronicles chapter 21. So remember, if you go back and you look at the stories of the judges, and we're not going to take time to go and compare numbers and things, but they did. They suffered greatly under the hands of oppressors that came in as a result of their wickedness. God punished them when they were doing that which was right in their own eyes, and what they were doing was not right. They punished uh, God. They, you know, they paid severely for that. But did you know the payments that we see them getting later when the kings came were greater? Because when you have tyranny... Instead of suffering for your sins, you often suffer for the sins of the king. Look at what has happened in 1 Chronicles 21. This is with a good king. Okay, you know the story of David. Remember when David went and numbered the people? Remember Joab said, David, don't do this. But David had, or Joab had to listen to the king. Joab has to do what the king says to do when it's bad. And look at what happened as a result. In verse 14, it says, So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel, and there fell of Israel 70,000 men because of David. David did something. Israel didn't do anything bad during that time. Israel did nothing wrong, but David did. And you say, that's not fair that 70,000 people died because of what David did. Um, do you remember what God told Samuel to tell the people in Israel when they wanted a king? They wanted a king. And you know, when Israel had a godly king, things were great in Israel. But when Israel had a wicked king, things were terrible in Israel. And you say, well, that's not fair. That is exactly what they asked for. They had a society where they were responsible for themselves and you know what? They threw that away. They wanted the king so he can go out and fight their battles for them so he could take care of them, so he could be the one responsible, so he could be their protector instead of them doing these things themselves. And then now they've got a king, one who happens to be good, who does one bad thing, and 70,000 of, of them died. Look at what David said in verse 17. And David said unto God, Is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep... Why? That reminds us of us. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and on my father's house and not on thy people, that they should be plagued. So even David realized, man, he's like, this is terrible. These people are suffering because of me. And that's what happens when we allow tyranny to come in. We all suffer when they do something bad. I want to live in a world where at least I can be okay. Where at least I'll be alright. Where at least I can be taken care of. I want to live in a country where at least I, if I make good decisions, I'll be okay. I don't want to be suffering for the government's decisions all the time. Amen. And it's scary the fact that it's the government right now stopping all the businesses from, uh, you know, going under and, you know, they're, you know, 
financing all these things or giving checks to everybody. I want to be responsible for myself. I don't want them taking care of me through all this because I value my freedom too much. And so this, this, is, this is not okay to me. And so instead of suffering for your sins, you're going to suffer for the sins of your king. Instead of working and toiling for your own good and survival, you will work and toil for the prosperity of the king. And we're not going to go back and read it, but that's what Samuel said in verses eight, chapter eight through eleven, or uh, chapter eight, verses eleven through seventeen. In First Samuel, he's telling him he's he's going to take your stuff. You know, it's it's going to become his. You're going to be working for him instead of him working for you. Another thing, you're going to be at the mercy of wicked men instead of God. Okay, now get this, folks. We've got people acting like that because this is a, a judgment of God, which it may very well be, that, you know, if we don't enjoy it, you know, we got a bad attitude. You know, we're like children of Israel in the wilderness or something like that. Okay. But folks, when judgment comes, did you know it's okay for us to want mercy? When judgment comes, you know what I want? I want, I want to fall in the hands of a merciful God not into the hands of a tyrannical government. Amen. And look at what David, uh, look because go back to first Chronicles 21 after David does this thing says in verse, well, in verse seven, it says, and God was displeased with this thing. Therefore he smote Israel and David said unto God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing, but now I beseech thee do away the iniquity of thy servant for I have done very foolishly. And the Lord spake unto Gad, David's seer saying, Go tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So God, God told David, you're getting one of three things. And God gave David three pretty bad choices right here. Okay, because David was bad. But he, listen to what he said. Either three years famine, or three months to be destroyed before thy foes, while that the sword of thine enemies overtaketh thee, or else three days the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coast of Israel. Now therefore advise thyself what word I shall bring again to him that sent me. So these are all bad, bad choices. But David's a smart guy. Okay, David, he's, he's thinking here as a leader. I mean, three years of famine, that's, that's tough. That's a, long, that's a long, painful process. You know, three months of being attacked by enemies, you know, and not having God's protection, that's going to be really bad too. But folks, this 70,000 people that died in this pestilence, was that pretty harsh too? Boy, that, folks, that was really harsh. A pestilence that went, that went through the land. But listen to David's reasoning, because David was the one that chose that. And, he, and David said unto God, to Gad, I am in a great strait. Let me fall now into the hand of the Lord, for very great are his mercies, but let me not fall into the hand of man. Folks, this thing we've got going on in our country right now, I, am not, I have no desire to fall into the hand of Donald Trump and to fall into the hand of the government during this thing. I don't care if it is a punishment from God. You think I'm going to go calling on them? You think I'm going to go begging them for mercy? No, I want to fall, I want to fall in the hands of the Lord. And so it's, it, this isn't me murmuring and complaining that I want, that I'm basically like David saying, don't send the wicked enemies after me, God. You know, you deal with me. 
Why? Because God is a merciful God. And when you read the story, David went and he started doing sacrifices and God ended up stopping the pestilence early. Why? Because God's merciful. If, the, if, God would, if, if David would have called for these other men to come in, they would have showed him no mercy. And God wasn't going to protect him. And so understand all these people that are just acting, oh, I'm not going to complain. It's not going to bother me. I'm just going to do whatever that are begging for the government. Just understand, folks, that government's going to show you no mercy. They're not going to take care of you. I don't care what they say. You know what? We need to be looking to God through this thing and, and to go and to be cheering on something that's, that's going to take away our freedom as Christians to do the things that we've been commanded to do in the Bible doesn't make any sense. If this is a judgment of God, you know what? I want to be doing more of what God has told us to do, not less of what God has told us to do, because in God's judgment, I at least know he's a merciful God and he may back off on the judgment. He may spare us any pain and suffering. But folks, our government has proved they're heartless, cruel and wicked. They butcher babies every day. All the wicked things they're doing with the wars they're fighting, all the wickedness that we see every day from them. And for some reason, we think that they've got our best intentions in mind with them trying to keep us all from getting sick right now, which is not their job. It doesn't make any sense. Spin it however you want to. I'm not looking to them for anything. I want God. If if God wants to punish me, then then bring it. God can do it. But you know what? I'm going to be asking for mercy while he's doing it. I I think that's okay. I believe God wants us. To do that. And that's exactly what David did. And while the pestilence is going on, what's David doing? He's offering up sacrifices to God. Why? Because he knows God's merciful. And if we do it, folks, I fear churches turning to the government in a time like this instead of turning to God. Let's turn to God during a time like this. Let's do all we can to be obedient to Him. And I'm not saying, too, that that means that we just go and we're just defying the government when it comes to their orders and things. You know, I'm not saying this is the time necessarily for the revolution, things like that, and us just go all touching each other and shaking hands. You know, we can still be responsible. If people can go responsibly shop at Walmart and they're doing it, we can responsibly meet together here as a congregation. And I think we're doing it. it. I mean, there's no contest on that. And they have. They have decided we can safely do those things. We can safely go grab a gas pump that many other people have been grabbing. You know, and if, if we can do that, we can grab the door handle to come in here that fewer people are grabbing onto. Okay? And, I, and I'm, t- I'm sorry... But I'm just not falling for all this brave new world, you know, this this wonderful new way of life that they're rolling out for us. You know what? I'll take the crowded grocery stores over getting herded through like a cow, walking in a straight line, staying six feet apart from each other. You know what? Bring back Black Friday. You know what? On Black Friday, when everybody's in there pushing through, trying to, you know what? Here's, on Black Friday, when everybody's just crammed in there, everybody's smiling. Hey, out here, that's how it is out here. It's crowded, it's crazy, but everybody's smiling, everybody's having a good time. And now what do we got? Well, we're not, you know, we're not seeing people do that. But you know what? I don't know if people are smiling or not because they're walking around with masks over their face. 
You know what? You know, and on Black Friday, you know, nobody was passing around sicknesses then. You know why? Because the government didn't tell us that they were. You know, none, you know, none of us were getting back. You know, back when everybody was getting sick, you know, in December and, and November and things like that, you know, there was no problem. You know why? Because the news media wasn't telling you to panic. And it's just amazing. As soon as they tell us to be worried about something, now all of a sudden we're worried about it. You know, when people were dropping like flies a few months ago, you know, it was just, oh, oh well, you know, I hope I don't get it. But I don't, I don't know. You know, listen, Bible prophecy is clear. All right. We are heading for a one world government, a one world currency, a one world religion. But you know what? And I'm closing with this. It is also prophesied that it will be over the dead body of the saints. And I fully intend to let it be. I want to be one of those dead bodies. When that's being rolled out, there's going to be a bunch of false prophets cheering it on during that time, bringing it on, but there's going to be plenty of people dropping dead and being killed during that time. It's all coming, folks. Yeah, we've been waiting for this. But if you think I'm going to cheer it on, you think they're going to kill me if I'm cheering this stuff on? No, they're not going to do that. And so, I, I, I don't get it. I think maybe it's the stuff they're spraying. It's made everybody crazy. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't get it. I'm not liking this revisionist history that's going around. It doesn't make any sense. But there's, you know, what? It, yes, folks, these people are right that are begging for government help. If the government doesn't do something, people are going to get sick. Yep. Yeah. If the government doesn't do something, people are going to go bankrupt.